Hey folks, this is Glenn Mann and welcome to an all new episode of the Man from New York podcast. Now here in New York City, the health department is cracking down on restaurants and eateries that serve products that are cooked or baked with CBD oil, which is a marijuana extract. Uh, It's sort of non-psychoactive. And it's really become really popular. It's been marketed and promoted as a remedy for everything from depression and anxiety to chronic pain to just putting you in a little bit of a better mood. And so many places you go around in the city are advertising. We have CBD products, right? There's CBD muffins and cakes and all different kind of edibles and people are selling oils and all kinds of things. But the waters around it, legal waters around it, are kind of murky because it's not illegal, but some form of it is illegal, and it just it's just really crazy. Now, for me, I've never had any CBD-related uh, products. Um, I get sort of a high off of just regular snacks. Give me a good, you know, chocolate chip cookie, some barbecue potato chips. A slice of apple pie hey give me a good coffee cake and I will be in the best mood ever but we'll see what happens uh, I saw like a, a photo where like the health department had like put some like muffins in a bag and said had a big label on it said embargoed which is like uh, seems really overboard but you think about like restaurants and stuff they're probably restaurants and eateries we probably need to be have stuff embargoed just because it just tastes horrible. Like if, you know, they might have a dish. They may have they may have like a I don't know, a penny pasta dish that they can't really do well, and it just needs to be taken away. I would kind of I would support that kind of uh, government intervention in the restaurant industry. And also, a lot of times you don't know restaurants. You don't know what they're doing. Like, have you ever seen the episode of like Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares or Bar Rescue? Man, some of these places you see on TV, like, how are these places still open? I mean, these kitchens, I mean, they look like sort of places where you would go fix a car that was just stolen. Like, get the wheels off and change the license plate. It's like, I don't know how these places are still in business. But since we're on the issue of getting high, one of my favorite shows is right now in the middle of its third season on HBO. High Maintenance, which follows a, a neighborhood-friendly a marijuana uh, seller. And uh, it's been called really one of the best shows about New York, and I happen to agree. Uh, a lot of different characters and different insights and different variations of personalities that make up New York City. Uh, so the third season found the main character, known as The Guy, uh, upstate New York sort of getting a refrain from city life. Uh, his life had, had you know, he was he had just finalized a divorce in the earlier season, and he had a, so had a relationship that kind of ended, so he was kind of seeking some alone time, some solitude. So he made his way upstate. Now, I'm a city kid. I love the city. Uh, you know, it's, it's my it's my one true love, really. And years ago, uh, when I was first studying photography, and I would meet uh, a lot of photographers, 
and other creators, other artists who either had lived their entire adult lives in New York City, had came from somewhere else when they were very young, maybe for college, but built their careers here, or those who had been born and raised here, spent most of their life, all their lives here. And many of these folks, as they had gotten older, were not living in New York City anymore, even though most of their professional career and work was based in and around life in the city. And many of them had made their way upstate New York to either little small towns or somewhere out, out in the woods somewhere. And I didn't really quite understand it because I was like, and these were people who were like documenting some of New York's culture at its highest points. I'm talking about people who were like at the Mud Club where Basquiat and Keith Haring were at. I'm talking about people who were, you know, had been on the scene with Andy Warhol in the factory, people who went to CBGBs and saw the Ramones, or even people who had, you know, hung out in Washington Square Park with Patti Smith, and it, people who were just saw New York culture at some of its highest points and experienced it for themselves and, and documented it either through photography or writing. But many of these people had left New York, and many were living upstate New York, where for many New Yorkers going to people here in New York City going to upstate New York is almost like going to another country it seems it's like seems like almost a place that only exists in fantasy and I never quite got it but as I've gotten older I kind of really get it because I said as much as I love this city and I say it's my one true love New York City can be emotionally exhausting because of all the people and all the noise, everything that's happening. It could also be physically exhausting. Especially if you're just like taking the subway, going up and down steps, being in crowded cars, or waiting for buses. It's like being a New Yorker is like being a professional athlete. There should be a hall of fame just for regular everyday New Yorkers. To be like, we're inducting Carol, who spent 25 years as a nurse's aide at Mount Sinai Hospital. Or today we induct John. John was a traffic cop for 12 years before transitioning into working as private security at the mall in Manhattan. I mean, here's you like an everyday New Yorker Hall of Fame just for living and surviving in this city. But that's because that's how tough the city can be. But like I said, I've got to understand why people might want to live outside of the city, might want to, you know, go somewhere near the woods and see a deer uh, once a day and say, hey, deer, or live in a little small town that at one point had been like an industrial magnet, but now is, you know, coming along. And you see a lot of that. A lot of people, a lot of artists and creatives and people who you may refer to as hipsters have made their way to New York City. I mean, made their way out of New York City to these places upstate, these small towns where uh, real estate is cheap, they can buy houses, uh, they can buy artist studios. A lot of that, of course, is that they've been priced out of uh, first Manhattan and Brooklyn, and I guess some of the other parts of the city they just don't want to go to, so they figure, hey, I might as well go upstate. But part of it is that a different lifestyle, a different sort of uh, way of just living every day. A little bit more calm, right? You, you know, you're not worried about your neighbor blasting uh, music at 
either seven o'clock in the morning or you know at midnight when you're just trying to go to bed or you're not worried about uh doing like an obstacle course around dog poop when you go out so there's all sorts of things and i say i totally get it now i'm not uh sort of a stranger to country living i mentioned this in the podcast before that uh years ago i actually left new york for a brief period of time and i was in a uh, living in a small town in georgia uh, not in the metro atlanta area but actually a small town the kind of town where everyone says hello and sometimes people don't lock their doors and while at the market you can get into a good conversation about a good size of pork to buy that kind of place and i really got it and i really liked it and it was cool to sit on the porch and drink sweet tea and lemonade but during that time period I really, really miss New York, and I really miss that, that energy and that sort of vibrant sort of, uh, sort of color that seems to like hit you. So when I came back to New York, I was excited, but like a little nervous. And to be honest with you, we took an adjustment period. When I first got back to the city, about the first week and a half, maybe two weeks, I was like, the people in this town are crazy. Like, everyone appeared to be a psychopath to me. I was like, this is like an open-air mental uh, institution. What's going on? I was like, it's a, a little bit of adjustment period. And at first I was like, why did I come back? Uh, but I'm really glad I did come back. And, you know, like I say, uh, I mentioned, we talked about, mentioned this podcast started early by talking about CBD and uh, high maintenance. But I'm telling you, when you've been out of town for any period of time, out of New York, and you come back, and either by plane or car, or I don't know whatever other vehicle you may be using, but when you see that skyline for the first time, after having seen it in a while, day or night, that, folks, is a real amazing high. So, um, before we wrap it up, if you're really interested in... Uh, New York, as far as culture and things happening, and so the experiences, I want to direct you to go visit my website called sidewalksandskyscrapers.com. And there you'll find links to uh, my Instagram account, which has uh, photos about New York and also some writings and thoughts about places. Also, there's links to tours. If you're someone living in New York and you want to take a tour or you're going to visit, Think of something interesting to do, but it's called sidewalksandskyscrapers.com, and I would feel really honored if you would check it out. Also, you can follow me on Instagram with the handle at Glenn Price Man. Also, you can email uh, me with uh, the email podcast at man Glenn. Of course, that's man with two ends. Glenn with two ends. That's podcast at man Glenn. Dot com. Thank you for listening, Man from New York.